You already know that subscriptions can add predictable recurring revenue to your store. But did you know that Bold Subscriptions has added a ton of new features to make it even more profitable? Their convertible subscription feature first lets customers subscribe to one product and then automatically switch it to a different one the second month. Why? This way you can set up trial sizes, free samples, like uh, all those shaving websites. They've also added a cancellation flow to keep people on the subscription that I think is really cool. It's like abandoned cart recovery, but for subscriptions. So if you've ever tried to cancel your Audible account or anything like it, you'll see what I mean. If you say you don't like it, the books, they'll offer you one for free. If you say it's too expensive, they'll try to give you a deal on the next month. Basically, Bold built this into the subscriptions app, and it stops up to 30% of customers from canceling their subscriptions. And their most recent feature is the subscription buy button that lets you sell your subscriptions directly with a link that's perfect for email, blog posts, Facebook, whatever. Now, one of the things I personally love about it is that customers can manage everything about their subscriptions by themselves. They can log in, pause, skip, edit, update, payment info, their address, swap products, add products, whatever. They can just manage everything themselves. That's a huge time savings for merchants because it means fewer customer support requests. Now, if you want to add predictable recurring revenue to your business, Bold's offering their subscription app to listeners of the unofficial Shopify podcast free for 60 days. Go to kurtelster.com slash bold to install it. That's kurtelster.com slash bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are going to discuss one of Merchant's favorite topics, social media and organic social media. Why? Because social media is, there's something inherently fun about it. Like it, it is much less of a grind than copywriting a 2000 word blog article. So I get the appeal and the love of social media as a marketing channel. We are going to ignore debating the efficacy of one channel versus another because no matter what, you do have to have some kind of social channel. And I enjoy social media, but at the same time, I do not claim to be a social media expert. I'm experienced in promoting myself, but I'm not a social media expert. So I wanted to bring on someone today who could answer those questions for us, who is a social media expert and who I have worked with in the past uh, on a couple of projects and seen her 
her, her tremendous wisdom pay off in the form of social success for some of these Shopify merchants. Joining me today is Leslie Eugene from Pretty Hout, H-A-U-T-E, Pretty Hot Marketing. Yourprettyhot.com is her site. And over the years, she has developed quite the reputation for helping fashion and beauty online brands not only target their ideal buyer, but build a community around their product and services that converts visitors, looky-loos, into paying customers and brand evangelists. And while social media plays a vital role in that conversion, there's another distinctive key that makes all the difference in her success, and that's passion. And I have witnessed this firsthand. Absolutely. Leslie, thank you for joining us. I love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is just what people should do is just cut that down and then just use that as like for the start of their YouTube videos. Yes. You know, maybe we should bring back like websites with with sounds. You land on your site or like the about page and then it just starts and just start rattling off and then it right. fades out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I missed my calling as a voiceover artist. <laughs> Thank you for that. The all right. So Leslie, how did we get here? How long have you been doing social media? As long as Instagram started. <laughs> oh, man. When did that start? Like 2013? I don't know uh, anymore. Yeah, I'm going to say 2013. Yeah. So I'm going to say two years after that, like two, 2015. Okay. How long have you been doing this professionally? I'm going to say 2015, 2016. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So when social media started, um, people, I was into the aesthetic before the word aesthetic and curating content was a thing. You know, people were just posting. Um, I was focused on what should I post next so it can look good next to it. <laughs> so having that like full, you know, when you look at like the, the Instagram profile and you see that grid view, like what's that look? What are those first nine images look that gives me like a snapshot of a theme here? And you're right, very early <laughs> on, it was very much like uh, a shotgun approach of like, well, I'm going to post this for today and then tomorrow it's something else and on and on. And now things are much more sophisticated. Right. I was obsessed. What What do you think is, since you've been doing this for uh, at least five years, what's different now, do you think, you know, between 2020 and 2015? People are more intentional now. They would rather not post at all if it doesn't have any substance. So before we would post at a drop of a dime, not caring, you know, what type of filter we use. Now people are more intentional. Even if they're not selling something, they're selling something, if that makes sense. They, they want to still present an online present that shows value, even if they don't have a service or product. So they're trying to... They're trying to demonstrate the value in following them to curate an audience. That's how I interpreted that. Yes. You're seeing people uh, start with audience building like around a theme, even if that theme is an aesthetic before they've got anything to sell. Yes. It can just be a lifestyle, their personal okay. lifestyle, rather than just selling a product or service. It could be their personal lifestyle they're trying to sell, but they are very curated, like very specific and intentional about what they post. Before we would post hanging out with our friends, drinking. Now we are making sure that, you know, um, it's a little more reserved, but not in the sense of being so professional. Still showing okay. our personal, you know, personality, our, our, our um, not just being reserved, but just being a little more free spirit, but still being intentional about being free spirit. 
so it went from just like, all right, here's here's me. It was more. I think there was a little more genuineness early on in social media, and that it's like this is just what I'm doing. This is what's up, and it was. And now it's a lot more. Um, I think the frequency is higher, but the curation is there, and there's definitely a theme. Like everybody yes. is trying to show their best life, their highlight reel, and there is some agenda there. Like you know, we're in the audience building. Yes, there is an agenda. <laughs> there is always an agenda. I felt like now, and the agenda is more followers, typically. Yes. <laughs> okay, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so starting. So I, I opened, I said, social, social, social. I did not define what channels, what platforms we're talking about. What is your, what's your preferred social media channel? What are we talking about here? Instagram. I love Instagram, everything about Instagram. Um, I wish I could say Facebook and Twitter, but Instagram is my jam. I, it's funny how like everyone kind of has a social media platform. They've like, there's always one that they do well, exceptionally well on, unless you're like Gary V, in which case you do well on all of them. Um, the, like for me, I got 700 Instagram followers and that was hard earned because it just be posted like drone videos and bunny stories, literally my rabbit. Um, versus like Twitter, I got uh, 60, 6,500 followers, I think. Um, and it's because I, the strategies for each of these channels are very different. What is different about Instagram versus uh, some of these other channels? Instagram is a visual platform. And when it comes to scrolling your feed, I feel like with Twitter, I like to read more witty response commentaries um, compared to Instagram. I'm all about making sure that, especially when it relates to my clients, I'm all about making sure that I'm stopping someone in their tracks based off of the image or the video. And with that, you said uh, stopping people in their tracks. I love the phrase thumb stopper. I don't know who introduced me to that, but that phrase, like you're scrolling through this gazing pool. There's just, it is infinite content with many of these platforms, especially Instagram and Twitter. And you're looking for the thing that stops them from scrolling, the thumb stopper. What are, you know, what gets people's attention versus what doesn't? What are some of the things that you like, do you have a sense of you look at an image and you know, like this will or won't work? Yes. First quality. <laughs> an iPhone. <laughs> Using an iPhone. But quality first. Um, now memes are catching my attention, you know. Um, and honestly, if it's a great meme, the caption gives me a reason to play it more than, you know, nine, I mean, 15 seconds. So for me, it's quality and then it's the caption. Okay. And is there... How do you how do you determine like brand voice, what will and won't work? That's a good question. So whenever I hire a client, I give them a question there. And when they answer those questions, like, what is your brand personality? Is it spontaneous? Is it reserved? Is this educational? That those three pointers right there identifies like how I should move forward and speak it in that brand tone. Um, if it's a account that's that enjoys sharing humor, you might see a lot of memes or you might see a lot of trendy topics. Um, I know the Simpsons have a good amount of content that's instantly funny and current. Um, it may work well on one account compared to an account that 
would prefer to have captions that are more humorous. So I think once you identify what your brand is known for or um, people are engaging and I like to look at the analytics, checking the shares and saves, then you can kind of identify, okay, this is what my audience like. This is what I should do and be doing more of. Um, and then also if you are, have built a personal online presence, you can tie that into your brand as well. Okay. I, you brought up personal branding. I think more than ever, we see uh, merchants and founders engaged in personal branding and trying to build, uh, or often like before, if it's a lifestyle brand, before the brand has launched, trying to build a, a cult of personality. Uh, what, what do you think, well, what are your thoughts on that, on, on personal branding? I think now, and I hate to say this, I feel like sometimes now it's harder. Like you mentioned, it took you a while to get 700 followers. But when I go on your page, I don't ever see you on there. I only see mm. I only see <laughs> what your interest is, right? Or what 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 you like to share based on your interests. Where people that people that started Facebook back in the days and they weren't really being intentional, they were just being themselves. And then they learned how to leverage on that by creating a product or providing a service. Then it was it's, it's been easier for them. When I gained 20K followers, it was the first five years of me running, um, I mean, on Instagram. Now it's taking forever just to gain a thousand followers. So it's definitely getting harder. It's, it's definitely getting harder. But if you built an online presence before people were really making money on Instagram, it's really easy to transition to wherever you want as long as your community, um, as long as you're you know, speaking to your community and creating content or services for them. Um, but for your brand, if I go on there, I think I tag you. If I go on there, people are not going to know who Kurt is. But they not on Instagram, not, not at all. Instagram. <laughs> but they on Instagram, they're like, interested. it's a guy who flies <laughs> drones and has a rabbit. Um, yes. No, I, I fully I'm fully aware of the issue with my Instagram <laughs> account as a professional thing. Like it's purely my personal life, whereas like Twitter and LinkedIn and the Facebook pages and the Facebook group, that's all like the professional hot takes. But on Instagram, I'm like, I don't know. I just want one social platform that's just like that's just normal me just you know stuff I'm doing and I use it like I just go back sometimes it, like I use it to reminisce I just go back through you know my stories or my posts I really enjoy it um but yes no you're you are a hundred percent right in your uh your analysis and it's always funny when someone like business-wise tags my Instagram account it's something business related <laughs> and then like I get a bunch of followers I'm like uh-oh <laughs> you guys are gonna be disappointed it's not what you think talk to me about content scheduling like in much of my content i have it scheduled out a month like if i got hit by a bus today i would be tweeting for the next four to six weeks i love scheduling content i i, I love it talk to me about um about content planning content calendars you're planning your content ahead okay. i think this is a, a missed opportunity for a lot of people okay so let's say you just started and you will I would suggest starting off with just three posts per week. So that gives you about 12 to 15 posts per month, right? So doesn't feel like a lot, but it's harder than you think. <laughs> and the easiest way to start is by Googling national holidays. National holidays are an easy things to try to get ideas on type of content you can create for your brand. And based off of these national holidays, and then I'm not just talking about 
4th of July, Thanksgiving. I'm talking about cool holidays like um, Internet Day or um, Founders Day, things that can be relevant to your brand. You can start off there. Then start focusing on what type of content or promotions or events that you're going to have the next following month. Make a list of those things. Then start looking for content like visuals, images, videos, and then start comp start compiling that using Pinterest, Google, maybe check your tag photos or save content you've already saved, and then compile it, compile it into a scheduling app. I like to use Planoly. Once you start compiling that information, look at a calendar and see, okay, I have three days this week or next month, the first week of the next month that I wanna post, figure out what day will work for you and start uploading that content to the, to, to the Planoly app. From there, then you go into caption. That may sound a lot, but if you work on a week-to-week -week basis, it'll be helpful, but planning content in advance will save a lot of time, and I always recommend starting at least three times, posting three times a week, compared to focusing on posting 30 posts in a one-month period. So uh, what I'm hearing here is, you go for quality over quantity with my posts and start with three a week. Use a scheduling app like Planoly, which I, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's it's P-L-A-N-O-L-Y um, dot com. And I haven't used that one. I use Buffer. Uh, oh, okay. My wife uses Tailwind. I mean, there's no end to social media planning app. So like <laughs> use the one you're comfortable with, but I'll put uh, Planoly in here. And uh, what? so, and then you, you had a, a good approach kind of like working backwards define you know the the holidays that you want to work around and then which it, i mean it for all you know it could be just about every holiday it's like whatever you want to do and you know determine all right for this let's say we do it for like this the next 90 days we do it for a quarter all right what are the holidays this month well, i could google those find that easily or just go in my my calendar and then i got that all right now what promotions am I going to run for those? Okay, plan the promotions out. All right. Now, what social media content can I produce around that? And I like that you said, hey, go back through your old stuff. Build a library of your, your past hits. And some of these social media planning tools will, as you post stuff, can go back and tell you like, well, these are the posts that got the highest engagement. So you start to figure out, ah, this is the stuff that works. So maybe you figure out a format that works. Like for me, I'm probably I'm best known for like the quick win. And it's just like my observation, stuff I like, stuff we did that I thought was interesting. So once you, you kind of get a format that works there, and all right, and then plan all that out, write the content, and then put it into this uh, social media planner, Planoly. And from there, okay, great. It's set it and forget it. And then I assume there's also, you know, along with that, all right, great. I could do my newsletters uh, based off this calendar. I could do my my Facebook ads. Like I starting with this social, once I have this content calendar, yeah, everything starts building off of that. Correct. You are so good at explaining things. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, a. It's it. I think that's one of my one of my skills. Um, but B, the magic is you're having to explain this on the spot. I'm sitting here taking notes so that it's very easy for me to go. All right. Well, it sounds like, and then I read back what you said to me from my notes. So it always makes sound like, oh, he's so smart. <laughs> no, I'm just taking notes. Um. The okay, so from I got my scheduling down. I like the the quality over quantity. Does it matter when I post? No, I honestly don't think it matters. Even looking at your Instagram and that analytics, 
I feel like that's just a bunch of BS. Like it doesn't matter. It matters what you post and the con the content that you're posting is relevant. It's engaging. It's inspiring. It's motivating. It's is is educational. It's something that your audience wants. That's all that matters. If I post at one a.m. and it's a banging lifestyle photo of myself. Um, I'm going to get a lot of likes and comments, right? The algorithm, when I post is not that important yes. because if the audience is engaged with it, then the algorithm will reward me. Right. Exactly. doesn't matter when you post. <laughs> so there's no like quick win secret. Well, this is like the exact right time to post. Like I see people obsess over that stuff when really over and over the theme here is the content is what matters. If you don't have good content, who cares when you're posting it? Content is king. Okay. And we talked about, we mentioned the algorithm a little bit. How do I, are there, if people love the quick lens, they love the tricks for the <laughs> algorithm. How do I, how do I play to the algorithm? How do I optimize for the algorithm? Even if like, this is a best guess, what does your experience tell you? Honestly, there's no really way to trick the algorithm, but I do it all the time whenever I haven't posted in a while. And honestly, if you are known for posting quotes and you notice quotes are your like your highest engagement, randomly post a quote that you probably found in your feed that either made you laugh, that made you feel like, oh, aha, it was an aha moment for you. Because I feel like that same feeling you received when you saw that quote is the same feeling your audience is going to receive, especially one of those motivational quotes. Um, 2020 is still my year. Something, something simple as that. Right. Post it on your feed. And maybe add more content in the captions. Maybe not. It depends on who you are and what your brand is. And see how that spikes your engagement. And for me, once someone shows interest, you already have them in your you already have them in the loop of being seen more often. So for me, it's just finding content, your most engaging content, randomly post that, either if it, if it's a year ago, <laughs> post it again. And see if you notice people are engaging to that by just liking, commenting, sharing. And even if you don't get a lot of comments or likes, focus on your shares and saves. And you'll notice they're going to start seeing your content more often if you continue that once in a while. When we talk about the Instagram algorithm, what what actually are we talking about? Because what's it like Instagram? One might think you have followed people in your feed. You have chosen these are the people I want to see. And you would think that Instagram just shows you like it knows who you're following and it knows what time they posted. You would think that it just shows you that stuff. Chrono just shows you the, the posts of the people you follow chronologically. It doesn't, does it? It does not. What does it do to me? It shows you whenever I show interest. I, I haven't seen, here's an example. I haven't seen your account on my feed. I didn't even know I was still following you. So when I tagged <laughs> you today, when I tagged you today, I went on your page. I was like, I'm following you, but I've never seen your content. I've never I seen post your on, content. I rarely post, but I mostly post stories. Right. But yeah, so you're right. Instagram was like, mm, this guy's not doing it. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. So I went on your Instagram story. You only had one story, right? But I bet within the next 24 to 48 hours, if I like your, I haven't liked a post, but if I just show interest once by liking either one of your posts or go through your stories, within 24 to 48 hours, I'll probably see a post that you shared maybe three days ago. Interesting. 
I want it. Uh, okay. So it's engagement of any kind is how to play to the algorithm. And the only way you get that engagement is with content relevant to the people who are following you. That's what I'm hearing. As long as I've showed interest. If I swat, if okay. I see you on my page and don't like, comment, or go through your story, I'm showing Instagram that I'm not really interested in your content, so they won't continue showing it to me. So the, if, the impression is not enough. Right. No, it's not enough. Okay. And when I'm looking at my Instagram stories and it shows, it's like, you know, it's got the, the bubble, like the red circle, like, oh, this person has a story. It's, those are not in chronological order either, are they? No, absolutely not. I see the same five that people. That actually is a surprise <laughs> to me. I did not realize that. I see the same five people on my polls, uh, like my top five, because I am always in their stories. But if I scroll all the way back, these are people that just posted five minutes ago. That's all the way at the, at the end of the list because I've never showed any interest by either going to their account and pressing the icon or their profile image or actually being shared, it's being shared to me and then finding their image based off of a shared content to me. So it's really about taking that next action beyond just watching, or I'm sorry, beyond just an impression, unless it's someone that does not follow you. If it's someone that found your content on their, their Explorer page, it might be a little different. You'll start seeing them in, their, in your Explorer more often, and then that gives them more, a higher chance to get that follow. So it, it, it will depend if the person is following you or is this someone that's not following you. Talk to me about stories on how optimizing for stories versus posts in Instagram is different. Stories you should post every single day. <laughs> you don't have to worry about quality, be yourself, be, I mean, engage as much as you can when someone shows interest by even, you know, um, sharing an emotion, um, do I, I honestly utilize that every day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep because you're not only sharing, uh, I mean, you're, 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 you're showing more of your personality. Um, people are buying into you. Whereas in your feed, you're more, you know, you're, you're more focused on how you're, like you said, the top nine look, how the next post is looking. You're most, you're more, you're more focused on your presence. Whereas your stories, it's all about not really giving a damn, just, just showing up every day and um, okay. utilizing that every single day. The impermanence of stories, the fact that they're only there 24 hours and they're gone gives them um, a more like authentic, genuine, real quality. And it also encourages you, you feel more comfortable just like doing um, uh, maybe more personal uh, stuff in stories because it's not, you know, it's not memorialized forever on your Instagram page. Unless you so put I it like, on your highlights. Okay. For people who, this is, we're getting into the deep cuts with <laughs> Instagram is by the time you're doing highlights, what's the highlight strategy? It's like a resource. And it's also okay. like a brag, <laughs> depending on what you're putting in your highlights. It's a brag or a for, Yeah. For like a lifestyle brand. Right. It could be, yeah. Just bragging like, well, ah, here's my car collection, that kind of stuff. Or, or yeah, I like the idea of kind of like grouping it into a best of a resource FAQ. Talk to me about like the resource idea. This you've right. piqued my interest. Resource. Start off if you have a clothing store. I would like to see FAQs. I would like to see possibly promos. Make sure you're up updating that often. Um, new arrivals again, updating that often. Um, maybe. 
founders or the editors phase of the month, things like that. But make sure you're updating often because I notice people avoid going into your stories when they see a trail of dots. If it's a highlight and they see a trail of dots, they are not as encouraging <laughs> to go through it. So keep it to a limited amount of um, content in your highlights, but also valuable. What's the limit? There is no limit. But if you want to, I'm going to say as much as you because you can keep scrolling so if you have to scroll more than twice it's too that there, there are too many highlights on your um on your um profile so i'm gonna say five to six minutes. okay all right and then the total number of stories in the highlights oh okay total number of stories i'm gonna say 20 will be okay because once you get to okay. 20 it start looks looking like L, um ants uh, ant trail like you don't want that many dots yeah. on the top yeah, suddenly at the top, like the, the indicator that shows. So when you're looking at stories, much like a carousel on a website, it's got like a progress indicator at the top of how far you're in that story and how many other stories follow. And though, yeah, it's like intimidating and weird when you land on somebody's stories and the top of the page just looks like a dotted border. And you're like, uh, OK, you know, I know it's only 16 seconds at a time, but it's weird. <sighs> One of the things I see people do with stories is like sometimes it'll be it'll be the talking head like it's just them talking face to camera but there's no captioning in stories and there's no like you could add captions but on its own it doesn't do it and i think most people i'm guessing listen with it muted because people who don't have their phone on mute are obviously monsters um i suppose you could have airpods in but is that like, is there a strategy there for the fact that you know, stories are often listened to without sound? So I don't believe so. I think that's for ads. Okay. Stories people listen to. Yes, stories people listen to. Like, because that's where the good stuff is. Like, that's where you really, like, people don't, yeah, people don't care about makeup. They don't, they don't care about it. They haven't brushed their teeth. You see the real nitty gritty. And that's what consumers want to see, especially for the people that I follow. Like, I want to see that. I don't, and I, I think people like that about me. Like, I'm really funny in my stories. I use stories for storytelling. So I really create an entire, um, a storyline when I'm giving a conversation by adding my gifs. I, you know, yeah, I, like you said, people don't put captions as much because it's not needed. Um, if I feel like I need to use a gif to make sure they understand that this is, this is the moment that you need to turn your sound on, add that gif sound on. It's so much you can do with stories. I love it. I love tools. People love tools. You mentioned, um, what the heck was the name of that thing? Oh, Planoly. Yeah. I was about to say Planopoly. <laughs> Planoly. Are there any other tools you use? Okay, so keep in mind, whenever I share anything, I'm a social media manager. So I'm always speaking from that perspective and not actually how I manage my account because I do the opposite. <laughs> I barely post on my feed, to be honest. So Planoly and Iconosquare are the two platforms that I use and um, when it comes to Instagram. Oh, and Pinterest and Pinterest, because that's where you can compile a lot of content of all your interests into one platform. What the heck is Iconosquare? It's um, an app that also allows you to schedule, but I prim primarily use it for analytics. OK, so you and I know I'm looking at Iconosquare and it does seem like the the analytics is their their lead thing. They describe themselves as the most powerful analytics management and scheduling platform for brands and agencies. 
This looks pretty cool. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Like, I've got... Um, like for my Twitter, and yeah, in, I could see my analytics um, in Twitter. I could see them in in Buffer, the the social media tool I use. Um, when, but like I I like the charts. I like when the, the the follower count goes up. But beyond that, I really don't know what I'm doing with the analytics. Like when you're looking at Icono Square Analytics for an Instagram client, what are you looking for? How do I get actionable insights out of these numbers? We can actually compare if you're. Um, Compared from organic to paid, we can see the evolution of your followers. We can actually even see, because I know in your Instagram analytics, you can't go back no more than 14 days through Instagram stories. We can go back as well, far as 30 days. Helpful, is it? No. <laughs> we can go back as far as 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Um, we can see, let's see here, profile views, website clicks, and those, and, and also see how many people are actually responding to your video stories or photo stories. Um, it's a lot. And I really like how detailed it is. And you can also go into comparing your competitors, your hashtags, hashtags, sorry. It's a lot of information in there compared to what you would see. You use Buffer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what you would see in Buffer or even in your back end of Instagram. I've tried a bunch of tools and I always end up back at buffer just because it, it's the simplest. Like I've got my, I've got a, a Facebook group in there. I got two Facebook pages, Twitter, uh, and my Twitter and that, and LinkedIn. And it just makes it so easy, uh, to build, I call it the social media habit. Cause I've had friends like, Oh, your social media is so good. What's your strategy? The strategy is it's, it's become a habit. Like I would literally, you know, I now, if I just see something interesting on a website, my immediate th and like I have a, a thought pops into my head, like, oh, this is interesting. I will screenshot it and then write like a quick post about it, put it into buffer, select the accounts that I think it, you know, it's, it's going to resonate on and schedule it. And then because it's scheduled so far out, like once a week, I'll go through and maybe I'll be like, I'll rethink a few. I'm like, eh, that one doesn't make sense or I don't like this one um, or maybe it belongs in a different network. And I think really like a lot of being successful doing your own social media is just is is building that muscle, that habit where like it's a skill, but it's it's one of those things where if you do it every day, it just gets so much easier. I have a question. So when you do that, that's for Facebook you're speaking of, not really for any other um, platform that you use. 
uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Okay. That's how I manage. Them. Okay, so that's okay. So that's why it's better for you. I usually like to work with apps. That's primarily um, they're in- if you're interested in Instagram. Like if your primary focus is Instagram, that's what I prefer instead of having the opportunity to ha- manage all in one platform. Right. Yes, and like Buffer falls flat on its face with Instagram. So maybe that's part of why <laughs> I have not capitalized on Instagram. Um, okay, my last. Actually, ugh, you're you know too much. I've got I have too many questions for you. So I've got there. I got four. Four quick questions for you, and then I got to do do the audience Q and A because okay. we got a, several questions from people uh, in our our Facebook group for you, and then and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So, talk to me about hashtags. Do they matter? Is there a strategy there? Should I care about hashtags on Instagram? Hashtags do matter. Um, the strategy is incorporating branded hashtags that are used as resources for your audience or potential um, followers and uh. common hashtags, but not as popular. And you can niche that down by just adding your city or your state to that hashtag. For example, if you are a skincare product, you will have your branded hashtag. You will place that hashtag in your bio and then on only content that you're posting that's relevant to your brand or product. Then you would combine that with popular hashtags. And maybe you have a um, acne prone skincare product. You will type, you will use that hashtag acne prone skincare. But if you want to niche it down to a specific audience, maybe um, black owned skincare products or um, African-American um, acne prone skin, that's how you can leverage off a hashtag and not just put skincare, acne. Right. You know, the, like, yeah, because <laughs> something like that would have like 10 million exactly. posts on it. But hashtags You'll are just get buried immediately. And I like, okay. I like hashtags that are branded because it becomes a resource. Now I can see how many of their, um, it, it's like a brand recognition. How many people are really using that resource, I'm sorry, that hashtag um, for that brand. All right. So the strategy, I like this. This had not occurred to me. So I use just as highlights can be a resource of like, here's your best of stories sorted by group to assist a customer. You could do the same thing with a branded hashtag on your post and call it to their attention by putting it in the bio. Yes, for sure. That's smart. This, that one is entirely new to me. I like that. Um, okay. Uh, we've talked a lot about best practices here. What are some examples of just like completely screwing it up? Like if I just wanted to fail at social media, what's the strategy there? Out of sight, out of mind. Deciding not deciding because you don't know what to do, you're not going to do it. I think that's the okay. because that, that's what a lot of people decide to do. Like it's not working. I'm not going to do it. Right. They'll they'll be like, well, I try. I posted for a month and nothing happened. So you know, Facebook just doesn't work for my brand. Instagram just does. It's like no, you didn't. You didn't go long enough at it. As I like to tell my children, wisdom I learned from the award-winning cartoon Adventure Time, you have to suck at stuff before you can be good at it. I agree with that. One of my, my, my oldest, like, we have to remind him of this frequently because he's like, oh, I'm just not good at it. Like, well, you didn't put in any work. Like, you got to be bad at it first, and that's okay. Uh, and I think the same is true. Like, just as when you start your brand, you're trying to get those first sales and it, it's so hard, and then you kind of like work your way through it. Well, it's the same with 
with Instagram. Like every follow, every like, every comment should be viewed as a conversion and doing the things, the tactics and strategies that get that engagement, those, those social media conversions, you don't start knowing that you figure it out through trial and error. And so you do have to, you, you do have to suck at it for a little while and then you'll get progressively better with it, especially when you have, you're taking this very intentional approach that you've described to us, this intentional strategy, and then you're combining it with uh, these fancy analytics tools that make it very easy. Yes. Okay. Uh, who, who does it right? Who are some examples, uh, a few examples of brands yeah, maybe that you've worked with or brands that are like inspirational for you? Who's doing this right? Who doesn't suck at Instagram social media? Okay, when it comes to engagement, I'm going to call out someone that I admire in um, building a community and not worrying about how their feed look, but still able to make it. And her name is um, Mia Ray. She sells a travel lifestyle brand and she has a personal brand, of course, a, a personal Instagram account, and then also a business Instagram account. And she's able to prepare her audience for every launch and able to sell out. And it's it, I feel like it's only because she's not selling every day. She's educating her audience in small things on how to save $50 a week. And that has nothing to do with travel. She's just sharing her personal lifestyle, building a community of like-minded women and not caring about being so, I know she's intentional, but not caring about appearing intentional um, and still making sales, still selling out her products whenever she launches, which is literally once every two months. Hmm. Okay. I will, I'll link to her in the show notes. I Googled it quickly and found immediately like Mia Ray, uh, Confessions of a Glamaholic has 88,000 followers uh, and does seems to follow your advice with the stories where the stories appear to be, it's like money tips, couponing, travel. They're grouped by, they're, they're resources grouped where like it's not her showing off, it's her saying, hey, here's, here's helpful advice for you that I put together. Yes. It looks pretty good. Any... Any other brands you like before we move yes, on? Yes, um, Snob Life. Um, the brand owner is Ming Lee, M-I-N-G-L-E-E. -E. She is very creative. <laughs> she has the resources to be creative, but she's very creative. And she, can I curse? <laughs> I wouldn't say a product that she <laughs> just created. And it's called, it's called F-Boy Repellent. So it's a <laughs> rose water spray that people use that women use whether it's for just you know daily skincare or to um perfect their makeup she created she did a beyonce beyonce created lemonade because of her relationship with jay-z and she created a, a entire campaign based off of her recent breakup and she created a rosemary bottle called f-boy repellent <laughs> and every spray would keep an f-boy away so I just thought that was genius. <laughs> and she sells hair products. So she combined, again, her lifestyle, leverage off for a breakup to maximize her sales off of things that is not even what she's currently selling. She sells hair extensions. And now she's maximized. Like, it's, 
I just I just love the brilliance of being able to leverage off of your heartbreak, <laughs> your heartbreak. Uh, and Beyonce did a good job with Lemonade by creating the album based off of her heartbreak and relationship with Jay-Z. So I thought it was genius. All right, let's do some some listener Q&A. Are you ready? For sure. Alexander Babich asks, what's the drawback in switching to a business account on Instagram? How much organic reach do you lose? If you're not consistently using your business account, that's the only drawback. And I understand why a lot of personal accounts prefer to just run their mark, run their business on their personal account. But I feel like if you want to target a specific audience and not mix that audience together, create a business account and not and, and be, be intentional in that and then use your lifestyle. I'm sorry, your personal account to continue promoting your business account. The only drawback from that is not posting consistently. Um, and being intentional on your business account compared to your personal. Is it just like a blanket, hey, just use the business account? Yes, because I would prefer to see an Instagram ad on my feed to your business instead of your personal, because it confused me. Yeah, it is weird. It's also like, you know, when you share the post to Facebook, it's like, oh, share it to Facebook. Well, do you want it to share to your personal account? Probably not, if it's a bus- the Instagram is a business account. And that's the only way to link it to a page, right? Right. But you, okay. Yes, that's correct. So that one's pretty straightforward. Justin Baum asks, what are the top three things, and feel free to do the top one or two, what are the top things small businesses should be doing on social that they probably aren't? Adding a call to action. Um, I, I see a lot of businesses failing to, if, they're, if they don't have a swipe up feature, they forget to say, link is in my bio. Sometimes you have to remind people to do, you know, to, to do what you want them to do. That's one of the things. Um, showing up every day. Like we mentioned before, giving up too soon, um, you just never know. If you can show up every day for 90 days, every single day, and when I say every single day, that's your story, it's not really your feed, and be intentional in a type of content. Say, I'm going to schedule in advance. I'm just going to say those are the top two. Just showing up every day and including a call to action, you know, um, telling your audience what you want them to do, whether it's giving you advice in your next podcast or um, click your click the link in my bio to view my most recent blog post. Um, give that action at the end, and it, it can p- possibly prompt more visitors to your site or more clicks to your website. I think in digital marketing in general, a lot of people really overlook the call to action. It's like such a critical thing, and it re- it gets skipped a lot. And Instagram makes it harder because you can't put a link in a post. Like you can, but it's just not except particularly useful in any way. And then on stories, you can't use links unless you have over 10,000 followers. And then you get to do swipe up, which I'm so jealous of that. It's so cool. Um, so it says like the solution is, is, is link in bio, which really like that has become kind of the standard uh, on Instagram. And the advantage there is it, the disadvantage is, hey, I can't do links on everything and people got to click through. But it really does kind of force you to be focused and timely in what you're doing because you can only have one link at a time going, one proper link anyway. I just want to add one more thing. Instead of responding with an emoji or liking a comment when someone actually shows some type of interest, have a conversation or move that conversation to your DM. Start building, um, start nurturing your potential customers or clients by really expanding the conversation. With actual real relationships and conversations. (laughs) Yes. It's it's hard for a lot of people to do that, but yeah, instead of just like, it is, but I guarantee like you get these same people on, you know, like Tinder and they're going to be writing paragraphs. (laughs) 
but the mo it's like you know comments from random strangers on social media i just like it move on yeah i like it move and like I, I i'm guilty of this i don't respond to everything um but when you do you know take time out of your day and respond genuinely to someone and it turns into like one quick conversation and then another and then another and then pretty soon you go oh oh shoot i made a friend right like that's how relationship building works in real life it is no different on social media so i don't know why we uh we act any different Mary Geraldine asks, and we covered this one, but let's spell it out for people. How often do you recommend posting on IG stories? Minimum three times a week. So you can have at least 12 to 15 posts per month. So your most nine recent posts can look amazing. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, Dylan Chip, how should an e-com store social media strategy change over the course of the store's maturity? All right, so this is a good question. He's saying like, what's the... 10,000 foot view. What's a social media strategy look like before the store is live when it goes live as they're growing. And then, you know, when they reach their ripe old age of maturity, I want to use Beyonce again as an example, because she did a great job on her most recent campaign before we even knew that she was launching um, the collaboration with Adidas, I believe. Is it Adidas? I think it was. Um, she teased us a little bit, you know, and I think teasing your audience, um, often works. And as you go through your campaigns, you see like how far in advance you tease them. Did that engagement, did, did, did you get a spike in engagement? Cause people are so interested in knowing what, when is it coming out? What's next? Um, I need to sign up to your email list so I can be the first to know, and then go into once you do launch it, what taxes did you use when you launched it? Did you, um, give information to your email list first. Um, just really gauge your analytics and combine it to whatever you're using in, in addition to social media. Um, is it just newsletters? Are you also, you know, um, sending DMs for people that are um, coming into your live? I notice I've seen that a lot when someone go live, I might sneak in their live and I get a message and say, hey, thank you for my, thank you for your interest in the live. Um, and they end up providing me another way where I can reach them. So I. I feel like just analyzing your analytics every campaign and then seeing what did what didn't go too well, how you can change it just a little. Because I think sometimes just a little um, little change can make your next campaign better, but also really work on that teasing part because that really helps on um, moving on to the launch and post launch um, success. OK, and Cesar Torres has a good question. Uh, he asks, can you provide examples of apparel e-commerce brands that have used TikTok for their marketing? Do you have thought? All right. So I have set you up here. You told me you're like, uh, you know, I'm just I'm not that big on TikTok yet. All right. What's the give me your your feeling, your impression on TikTok? I love TikTok. I wish I was one of those girls that can do the TikTok. Um, I really, I really, really love it. I would love to see a lot of fashion, um, brands utilize TikTok, but not only that, I do research on TikTok on how I can expand by just sharing knowledge. And I just think it shows more of your personality. You can gain over a thousand TikTok followers in literally five minutes and that you can go viral in less than 24 hours. So TikTok is amazing. And to go viral and it transition to, I mean, it translates to Instagram. Now people are going to, I follow so many people based off of a viral TikTok of 
that shared on their Instagram. So if you are funny <laughs> or if you or or you if you have the time, I encourage you to use TikTok because I really wish I was that girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think TikTok's like a bit of a lottery in that the TikTok algorithm just kind of like feels like it randomly rewards people. Uh, we're working on a client project right now where they sell uh, they sell candles, they sell bath bombs, and they had some random person just post a video that was nothing like amazing. It was cool, but it wasn't you know some phenomenal production uh, of this of this bath bomb, and it exploded. It became like tens of thousands of people saw this thing, and they got so many sales and traffic from it that they were like immediate converts to the like, TikTok marketing, <laughs> TikTok marketing all day. We'll figure this out. And we have seen like, that's not the only brand I've seen that this has happened to where either like, you know, they kind of half-heartedly play with TikTok and then randomly they have a video that gets 15,000 views. It, it, it's early days with TikTok, uh, but it, it's an interesting platform. It's worth exploring. TikTok scares it's me. It's worth it though. <laughs> Got to play with it. All right, we'll move on to... I hit you with the TikTok question. Ez, uh, Ezreal Palachik asks, when does it make sense for a business to hire out for organic social media? When you feel like you are getting too many responses that you can't control yourself. Um, as I mentioned, it's not good to just like a, a, a comment. It's more about engaging and building and nurturing that audience. So if you feel like you're getting a lot of incoming traffic that you can't respond yourself, that's a good reason to hire a social media manager. If you're not sure what to post, if you're not sure how to curate a, a feed that's aesthetically appealing to your audience, I, if, if that's an option to hire them for one month, it's just so you can get the idea of like what direction you need to go. That's another way. Um, and if you just don't have the time, <laughs> if you just don't have the time and you know, social media manage, I mean, social media is going to get you, um, the, 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 the visit that visitors that you need to your site, because visually your brand needs to be seen on Instagram more often on their feed. That's another reason to hire a social media manager. Should I, when I'm looking to hire a social media manager, what should I look for? Like, what would be some of your advice? Okay. So in my opinion, I think the first thing you need to look for is how do they manage their own Instagram account? Is it aesthetically appealing to you? Secondly, are they able to build their own engagement? Um, I think that's important, but not as important compared to what results they have shown based off of their clients. Um, third, ask what's included. Does it include custom graphics? Does it include social outreach? If it does, does that mean that we'll have bots or, or, or do you have a team manually doing the social outreach? How many posts are you including per month? And um, how many stories are you including? And do you manage my incoming messages and also share the posts to my stories? When I'm tagged. Okay. Actually, those are all, I would have not thought of all of that. And all of that makes sense. It's really like, okay, you really listed out kind of a statement of work there where you're like, this is all of the activities that should go into properly managing a social media channel. And you're like, what, how much of that are you doing? If the answer is everything, and you also have the case studies and the, and their like own Instagram marketing lines up with what you're looking for. Okay, then we got a winner. Like if all of those things come overlap on the Venn diagram, then do then definitely don't wait to hire that individual. That's what I got out of that. Thank you. 
<laughs> last last listener question. Jason Heap asks, and I think this is a good question. Does high engagement on your page uh, reduce your ad costs? I'm going to say yes. So if I get a lot of organic. Yes. Yes. yes, because you can retarget I've that. Heard this as well. You can retarget that audience. I mean, those those views on your Instagram page if the, if you have a video on there. I know a client that actually don't have a business account. She only uh, she only has a personal account. She sells clothes, and all she posts on her feed are videos of memes. And all I need to do is retarget people that watch those videos. She posts her products once a week. Everything else is about her and her family. Interesting. I follow, um, yeah, though sometimes like store page as meme page or meme page as store can work. Like I follow one, uh, I started following one the last week that I'm obsessed with. Um, it's called, I love like 80s, 90s vibe. And Neon Talk is an Instagram page of like nothing but just straight late 80s aesthetic. And then also periodically, like they also happen to have T-shirts and art prints and art blankets for sale that fit that vibe. But it's like, I don't even care about that stuff. I'm in it for the memes, for the aesthetic. And then, all right, they'll wear me down after six months and I'll make a purchase. No, I mean, it brings a lot of attention to your page. And if you have a good commentary comment where you're like really explaining what this mean is and introducing it to like something you've experienced, it just adds more comments because now people are relatable to what you just said. And now they're just, you know, that was a discussion in your comments and they sell clothing product. And I use that specific um audience based off of views video views final question i should ask this earlier it came to me should i be messing around with face with uh with live like live is real-time unlimited story in instagram what should i who should be using live if at all Someone that is entertaining <laughs> or educational, you know, I, I think those are the top people that does well in um in their lives. And I'm going to bring back Mia Ray. She does. What is that site called? I mean, the, the channel call where they they promote products and you can call in to make a purchase. QVC? She, she does it. Home Shopping yes. Network? And I'm going to call this the Mia, May, Mia Ray method. She does a show shopping QVC video every time she lost a product, a product, she goes live and she does it an hour before she goes live and she shows the products. And I think a lot of people should be doing this because they sell out every time she does this. And I see other people doing the same thing and they're making more money because they are going live doing a QVC production. So I think and how produced is this? They're like, does it look really good? No, or is it more like, like in, their I'm on my couch room, with my in their living room? And they may have a friend <laughs> to say they may have a friend in two different sizes, one small, one plus size presenting um, what it would look like before you purchase. It. Oh, cool. Mia Ray does the inside of the product, the, the quality of the product, um, how many um, how many how many car I'm sorry, envelopes are in her wallet. It's just, it's, it's just the entire experience. She tells you how to clean the product. So you know this all before that, that hour. She's online for an hour and at that hour she goes live. I mean, her products go on sale live and she sells out less than three minutes. So live can be utilized in so many ways, but if you are launching a product, I think an hour before you launch, go live and introduce your products 
their benefits, how you can use it and the quality, et cetera. Yeah, why not? Like, try it, see if it works. Uh, okay, let's say someone wants to hire you. Where do I go to hire you? You seem so good at this. Thank you. Um, you go to my website. You are the letter U, the letter R, pretty hot, H A U T E dot com. And you can schedule a free 20 minute discovery call to see if our business fits with each other. Well, I like free discovery call. That sounds good. I will link to that in the show notes. Leslie, this has been fantastic. Thank you for breaking down social media for us. Thank you for having me. One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The Unofficial Shopify Podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening. The Unofficial Shopify Podcast is distributed by EtherCycle, LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.